I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. McAllen Economic Development Corporation Vice President of International Business Recruitment Ralph Garcia told Steve Taylor about a recent tour of seaports in Mexico. The tour included representatives of Chinese companies and local businessmen. This is Steve Taylor for the Rear Grande Guardian and KDT News. We're in McAllen, Texas today. We're with Ralph Garcia, Vice President for the McAllen Economic Development Corporation. Ralph, within the MEDC, handles all the business, uh, recruiting companies, retaining companies in Reynosa. And Rao's here today to tell us about a very interesting, exciting trip he made uh, around Mexico. He went on a tour of Mexico and he's going to explain where he went, why he went and why it's important for our region. So Ralph, it's great to catch up with you again. Hey, good morning, Steve. Thank you. What we did was we accomplished taking one of our Chinese consultants that we're working with currently uh, in partnership with some of our community partners uh, in the business sector uh, to really show them the options that Mexico has to offer in regards to ocean freight coming in to Mexico and basically to North America. And we look at it and have been calling it kind of a catchphrase of the third coast. And really it's utilizing Mexican ports to bring raw materials or goods in through the ports of Mexico into the United States. Uh, being one of the faster ports of entry uh, along the U.S.-Mexico border, our region has the opportunity to move products to the northeast populated areas of the United States. And that's critical. Uh, for companies out of China, uh, that's a huge opportunity because not only are they leveraging a faster route, but now also the opportunity to even manufacture some of their products and reducing the duty impact of what they're currently seeing in the market. So it's, it's more of a strategic play for companies, uh, but it's really getting the message out and showing that and so what we did was we examined uh, several ports, the uh, port of Altamira, Tampico, the port of Veracruz, uh, Lázaro Cárdenas, and the port of Manzanillo. And, you know, the state officials in Tamaulipas, the state officials in Michoacán uh, were very uh, accommodating with us. Uh, we had the, the uh, in Morelia, we met with the governor of the state, and then uh, the Secretary of Economic Development even gave us a tour of the Lázaro Cárdenas port, uh, which shows really well, and they're doing a lot of investment. Uh, that investment carries over to a lot of our companies uh, because it shows in the, the dynamics of, of how Mexico actively is looking at being more competitive uh, to draw more investment, uh, foreign direct investment. And so for us, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, we also take advantage, of course, again, as I mentioned, the manufacturing side of it, where we have the capability on the Mexico side to manufacture product at a low cost, but even more so in Texas. And companies are looking at strategy in regards to placing themselves in the U.S., where do they want to be. And one of the opportunities that we have is that we are a low-cost region, uh, not low-paying region, because companies uh, understand, and, and part of the initiative that we have is to create better-paying jobs for our citizens, uh, but the cost of living in the valley is really what draws a lot of opportunity because companies realize they're coming to a market with a cost competitive opportunity to draw people. Um, you have families that are, are in the area that want to come back to the region. And so when companies are established here, they realize they're getting some really good uh, opportunities in terms of labor force uh, long term. 
So let me ask you, um, how long was the trip? Um, and do you want to give a shout out to any of the um, uh, uh, individuals, um, representatives that were on the trip that helped make it happen? Absolutely. You know, so the trip what would have taken us two weeks, realistically, uh, we, we accomplished in less than four days. And, and that was in part through one of our community pro, uh, partners, which is uh, Joaquin Spammer from CIL Logistics. Uh, Joaquin, you know, uh, took the initiative of helping us with his own personal plan and his time uh, to, to go out there and, and visit the different ports, uh, which, which made life a lot easier for us. So our days started at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we were wrapping up around 10, 10.30 at night. Uh, uh, and, and, and really just taking advantage of every port that we could visit, the time with the different port authorities and also the different uh, government agencies, but more so really trying to explain the concept to the Chinese consultants that we're working with because they're the ones that are taking that message out and sharing it with uh, potential customers, potential prospects that might be looking at the area. Did you mention Tampico as well as Veracruz? Yes, we did. So my question there, I'm intrigued, why would a Chinese, why would uh, raw materials or finished products from China, China want to be landing or utilizing the ports um, on, the, on the Gulf side? One of the things that we learned during our visit is, especially in Tampico and, and, and Altamira and also in Veracruz, was the cost of bringing product in through the Panama Canal. And that has been uh, cost competitive, it's been efficient, uh, but then the ability from that point to move it into the Mexico border region to manufacture the good and then distribute makes it a, a, a better play for strategy. And of course, it does add a few more days of lead time uh, to the distribution, but that's a management of uh, of your logistics and so forth uh, to get that product there. So we wanted to make sure we presented every option available to, to, the, to the customer. And if these uh, companies uh, with raw materials or finished goods from China coming to, to North America, if they didn't utilize the Mexican ports, presumably they'd come in at um, Long Beach or L.A., What's what makes um, coming through Mexico more attractive than coming through the the West Coast ports of the United States? Well, some of it, uh, Steve, is efficiency. Uh, so we know the ports of LA are congested, are, are challenged at times, uh, where you're moving a lot of product, and and the delays uh, in those ports also play play a role in how companies move their product. The other is the distance of the logistics to that that key market. So most of your populated areas in the U.S. or Northeast. When you bring it into the West Coast, there's some lead time there and some cost to move that product. Bringing it through the ports in Mexico is a little faster. Uh, it's a little cheaper. Uh, it does require a little more oversight. And, and then that's through your third-party company like a, like a CIL, for, an exist, uh, for example, that, that currently does that now with some of their customers. Uh, they see good lead times. They see uh, really good uh, cost. Uh, but more than anything, they have to have that oversight of the product coming in. Uh, so those type of efficiencies help companies be competitive, be, be faster to the market, and, of course, give them a, an alternative option to those those ports that we see at the current time are somewhat a little more congested. When they um, 
They built, they built that super highway from Mazatlan to Matamoros yeah, through Durango. Um, we were quoted the sort of the, the time that would be saved to get get to the um, the northeast. Uh, it's actually measurable, obviously. Uh, truck movements, it's it's so much quicker, so many days quicker, etc. Can you give that sort of figure for for the seaports? If if uh, a company was to use the, one of the ports on the on the Mexican on the Pacific side of Mexico rather than than LA and yet and the final destination is the northeast are we talking about a number of days more more you know that's shaved off the, the delivery time it, it is a number of days uh, because in all reality you know you do have the, the the ships coming in they're they're being unloaded there is a process that takes place and then of course if it's moving by rail or by truck uh, again there is a process that rolls out with that but it does give the companies uh, a competitive opportunity in terms of cost and if it's it shaves off a few days it's just getting that that product up to the market faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, you alluded to this earlier. I would think that people might have that concern with Mexico about security. So, so what um, what do you think is in place right now to assure uh, the the carrier that uh, landing in, in at a port in Mexico and coming through Mexico? to say the valley and on onto the northeast of the United States that things are going to be okay in the transportation of goods th- through Mexico. Right. And so that that's really key, Steve, is, is, is partnering up with companies that have a track record, that have a history of doing the business. And companies like CIL, who we partnered with, uh, has that. Uh, they actually move a lot of product, primarily cotton, for their customers uh, through the Mexican ports and at this point haven't had a whole lot of issues. And I say that because realistically you will have instances that play out uh, on any highway Uh, but for the most part you see the the volume of trucks and containers going back and forth those containers are sealed properly uh, they're managed properly and so they're able to reach their destinations Uh, some of the suppliers also use tracking Uh, some of them do use security escorts depending on the value of the goods in those containers Uh, but we haven't seen any challenges there Um, so I think the opportunity for, for those companies to to leverage a a safe feeling when they're moving those products as long as you're partnering with the right individuals and the right companies again that have a track record i think you're in, in good hands and of course if these companies do use those ports in mexico in all probability, when trends, when when coming through the United States, we're talking about them uh, entering via the Rio Grande Valley. So it's there's there's op- business opportunities, uh, more business for the valley if if those ports sort of take off as popular uh, landing ports for that for the Asian market. Absolutely, for us, you know, what we're looking at is the manufacturing part of it. The logistics is one portion, but the manufacturing is the other, and so companies to be strategic and also to comply with what we expect to see with USMCA, uh, we'll have to look at a Mexican source or a U.S. presence. And so being on the border, you give them the best of both worlds. If we can leverage that along with the freight movement of their goods, I think we're in a good position. And and that's really key of what we're looking at. Other communities along the border are probably doing the same. We're taking a different approach where we're actually going out and trying to get it. Uh, As you know, our team was in China uh, several times in the last six months. That's critical. Making those visits, having those relationships with the Chinese, showing them that we have a valued interest to work with them and help develop them in the market. I think that's, that's something that's unique about the community. It's not cheap. 
it comes with a cost, but if we're able to, and successful, then we bring more value to the, the citizens of the community, absolutely. So the representatives from China that were, were your special guests, you wanted to show them the ports. What was their reaction and what did they think of the, of the size of those ports, the capacity of those ports, and also how, what did you think of them? Yeah, more than anything, I think they were impressed. I think they, they, they didn't expect to see uh, the structures in place, the, the resources that the ports have, and then the volume of product moving through those ports. I think that was impressive to them. Um, you know, compared to China, it's much smaller. Uh, so they were they were a little bit taken back, but they see the potential. They see the opportunity to grow that business. Uh, for myself, it was an experience. You know, I hadn't visited the ports in probably about ten years, and so going back and looking and looking at that and seeing it today to where it's at, and the investment that's been made in those ports, it's, it's substantial by by the Mexican government and the different port authorities. Um, but it just it just re reiterates the the opportunity of. What we should be looking at and, and being strategic, going out and attracting those type of customers, uh, working in partnership with those ports, and then, of course, the third-party companies that, that we're working with locally uh, to draw that investment. Uh, I, I was impressed. And you mentioned earlier about... Um McAllen Economic Development Corporation paying much more attention to China these days because of um, the implications of USMCA uh, once that once that is ratified and, and in place. Um, tell us uh, for the for the for the uh, reader for the listener who perhaps doesn't appreciate why it's going to be advantageous for an economic development group like yourselves to look at Europe and look at China and look at Asia um, and look to other countries for business because of that new trade deal. Absolutely. So companies that are already established here, most of them U.S., we have a large presence of Japanese companies, Korean companies, they've already gone through this process. So they're they're taking benefit of the current NAFTA situation. They're they're already in, in in line with USMCA and are strategically placing themselves on the on the U.S. or Mexico side. Uh, but Chinese companies have never had to do that. They've simply just depended on the customer to handle the the freight coming into the U.S. and then going into their operations. Whereas now the dynamics change, and because of USMCA, that requirement. For them changes and so they're 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 going into un uncharted waters and and so having a a group that will support them that will show them in a fair and balanced way because we don't take preference over either side we really look at what the customer needs and what's best and at the end of the day that draws economy or draws commerce back to the economy until it creates jobs it creates wealth uh, we're also doing the same in Europe where European companies are looking more so at the US uh, to support you know the the North American market and and and, it, and again it's just building that that level of trust and comfort for them because it, you are working in a different country there are different ways of doing business and so if we can help a company kind of with a soft landing of some sort that that's that that's the key uh and once you do it with one you do it with another it becomes a trend and those those existing companies will will help sell the region because they know or they've been through that experience and so they're able to communicate that and share with the customer the the value of being in the in the area we have written about this previously, but the commitment of the McAllen leadership, not just the EDC, but the city, 
too prospecting really banking on uh, thinking that there really could be a lot of business from China is evident with this plan to be going to China next year on four different occasions uh, that is that's a real commitment uh, an expensive proposition but like Keith Patridge uh, the president of Macallan EDC has said you only need one of those companies for the whole investment to be to have uh, paid dividends speak to the fact that you this really is the Chinese market is is really something that you are clearly going to be focusing on with those the plans to have those quarterly visits well and it's it's one of the unique things about McAllen uh, leadership of McAllen uh, we've learned to be adaptive to changing commerce, economy, uh, and, and even more so our customer. And when I say our customer, that's that's really the population of the communities and the people that visit McAllen. Uh, if you look at our, our retail sector and what's been done in the last couple of years to adapt to a different model of retail, not the, the simple normal mall concept that we've had for the last 15, 20 years, uh, the commission and, and, and the mayor and of course the, the staff with the economic development offices are really looking at how do we make McAllen different? How do we adapt to the changes that are taking place in the environment, whether it be from a retail sector or industrial sector? Uh, and how do we improve really the, the resources that the city or the community offers to make those investments more viable? And so I think as long as we continue on that path and, and, and we have that open-minded thinking, we know not everything is going to be a hit, a home run hit, but I think long-term it draws just more opportunity to the region. And, and it's, it's more of a regional play because even though McAllen is benefited, uh, the surrounding communities are benefited as well. So. Ralph, thank you so much for today's interview. Any other thoughts that you have? The, the, the only thing that I would share, Steve, is that it is, a, it is a, a, an excellent concept that we've been pushing for the last probably 10 years, uh, and it's taken time to develop. Uh, we're proud of what the community has to offer on both sides of the border. And I think, quite honestly, you know, if we are successful in drawing that, that investment from China, uh, it, it only shows that um, the the market is is in a in a great position strategically for those type of end users, whether they be Chinese, Korean, Japanese, or American companies, uh, European companies that are looking to grow their their market share in North America. Ralph Garcia, Vice President of McAllen Economic Development Corporation, thank you so much for today's interview, and uh, we're we're very excited to to learn about this uh, work you're doing. And please keep us posted in the in the weeks and months to come uh, as as the success stories roll in, if you would. No, thank you, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity. Mexico has the third largest coast in the Americas. <laughs>